Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Flipping Websites podcast, now brought to you by alphainvestors.com. I was acquired my uh, flippingwebsites.co and uh, along with the Facebook group and this podcast were acquired by Alpha Investors, a great guy and entrepreneur called Andre. And uh, I was effectively acquired into the director of acquisitions role now at Alpha Investors. That means if you're an investor or buyer looking to acquire a content site, you now head to alphainvestors.com forward slash buy. And if you are an investor and looking to have the asset passively managed for you, then we have a page at alphainvestors.com forward slash operators, similar to the previous page I had up at Flipping Websites with two different kinds of operation models. One is a low-cost $1,000 a month fee that includes everything, includes all content and links and management of the asset, and that is to maintain the asset and cash flow it for maximum yield. And then we also have... A, uh, a different model that I, I mentioned previously on, on episodes, which we're now calling the grow to flip model, where we reinvest one third of the site's net revenue every month into new content and links and putting it into places that will grow the asset the quickest that we can. And if you're looking to sell your content site, just head to alphainvestors.com forward slash sell and complete the form and I will personally get back to you and see if uh, we can come up with a valuation that works for you and for our investors. Other than that is business as usual and on today's show I've got another great guest Tommy Griffith from clickminded.com. We go deep into technical SEO with Tommy talking about his days managing SEO at both PayPal and Airbnb. We discuss when you should take your focus off traffic and onto your sales funnel and uh our frustrations with uh, email software for handling funnels. And then we get into a very lively discussion about university education and the value of that at the end. So the URL for this episode is at flippingwebsites.co slash clickminded. And I'll catch you at the end. Cheers. Hey, how's it going, Tommy? Hey, Richard, how are you? I'm good. Good to connect, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Very welcome. Whereabouts are you calling from? From Honolulu, Hawaii, right now. That's nice. Is that a vacation? <laughs> you know, it <clears throat> it started as a vacation. I was living in New York, and I was just planning on coming here for a month. Um, and I haven't left yet. <laughs> so, how long have you been there so far? I don't know for a few months. Yeah. Oh so wow! I don't, nice. I don't. I don't know if I live here yet or not. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. So you're from the US, so you can stay there as long as you want. There's no. There's no visa or Brexit kind of craziness with off the mainland living, though. Yeah. Oh man, I know you're you're dealing with a lot of stuff over there. But yeah, I've uh, I actually I, I lived in San Francisco for a while and I've been traveling for the last two years and I have had to do a lot of visa jumping and running around and yeah. you know fly, flying to Kuala Lumpur from Bali for the day to renew my <laughs> visa and things like that and. Uh, and now all the time, like some days I'll wake up and I'll be like, <gasps> like, when is my passport? Oh, oh, wait, no. <laughs> Am I illegal? <laughs> no, Am I illegal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but you can, you can live in Hawaii, U.S. guys, you can, you can live there permanently, right? It's, it's part of the U.S. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's Sweet. part of the U.S. It's a U.S. state. Yeah, is it exactly. super expensive? So, like, uh, have you got an Airbnb or is it, is it uh, a high standard of uh, cost of living where you are? You know, it's interesting because I, I had a, I lived in Bali for four months last year and I've been explaining um, 
the way I've been explaining Hawaii to people is it's kind of like Bali, but with uh, uh, but with a Safeway, like a, our our grocery store chain here in the U.S. Yes, <laughs> and <yeah. laughs> uh, and like roads that work and police that don't like rob you and yeah. power that doesn't go out. Right. So <laughs> it is it is more expensive, but um, it's uh, you know, I lived in New York and San Francisco and spent some time in Sydney, Australia as well. So it's like it's all kind of pretty brutal. <laughs> it's all really bad. You know, for me, um, it's slightly less expensive than New York or, or San Francisco. Um, but it's hard to what's interesting about Hawaii is it's hard to um, yeah, it's, it's probably a notch above like a lot of the digital nomad Chiang Mai scene, but, um, it's hard to live here and get like a local job, right? Like it's a lot based on tourism. There's not a huge number of other industries outside of there. So if you're kind of doing, if you've been doing the remote thing for a while and it's sort of working, it is actually kind of a nice spot. So I'm, I'm liking it so far. That's nice. I actually interviewed and spoke with a guy called Mark from a content agency called Content Elect. And um, he is living on an island called Guernsey, which is a low tax jurisdiction. Like you've got Guernsey and, and Jersey, these two islands off the coast of France that Britain owns, but they're not part of the UK. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. Isle of Man is in the same ballpark That's right. as well, exactly, right? Exactly the same thing. How long can you live in Jersey? I can't remember, but basically you can't, you can't set up a company. And you can't, you definitely, I think, I think you either have to get a job to, to remain on the island. Uh, I th- I'll have to look at it again. Like I've been doing research into it because I'm thinking of moving the family there. Uh, I think you have a set amount of time and then you have to get a license. And, and in, I think you have to have a license to stay on the island. So it's not like Hawaii. In, in order to do that, you either have to get a local job. Um, if you're there as a couple, one, one of you has to do that. Maybe both, I'm not sure. Um, but my intention is to set up, set up a company there because there's no corporation tax. There's no tax right. on profits. And so uh, that would be a huge benefit to me. I'm always keen to, to minimize tax. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I might be doing island living as well. But it's very, very expensive there. Like these islands are are very small. Uh, There's very limited uh, inventory in terms of of property, and so it's it's very expensive. But I think it's going to be worthwhile if I can if I can run my my operations from from a company where there's no tax on profit and income tax is much lower. Uh, I need to crunch the numbers a lot more, lot more, but I'm looking into this at the moment. So, yeah, maybe in a couple of years, that's cool. we'll be speaking, both speaking from islands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Hawaii would be the exact opposite of a low-tax jurisdiction. Ah, it's, yeah. it's absolutely brutal. Yeah, very high cost of living, probably the highest cost of living in the U.S. and uh, yeah. high, high state tax as well. But, um, uh, you know, I surf. I drive around like an idiot on my little 50cc scooter. I like to hike. Like it's, you know, it's like beautiful volcanoes and waterfalls everywhere. It's kind of wow. the dream. So um, um, it's it's not it's not the best for the wallet and for the finances, but I'm having fun. So is state you know. tax as high as California. <laughs> I think it's higher. Yeah, it's crazy. It's okay, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds brutal. But yeah, for sure, it's a stunning place, and obviously, it's it's uh, appealing to you. You've been there for months, and you've no intention to leave. So I love it. Yeah, so we'll see. I'll, with yeah. that said, you know, I, I reserve the right to leave tomorrow, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of traveling around and figuring out uh, where I want to be, but having yeah. fun now. Yeah, cool. So, what are you focused on right now? Is ClickMinded everything that you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, ClickMinded, um, yeah, side project of mine. I started uh, now eight years ago, which is kind of wild. Um, 
we started as a face-to-face SEO training course and is now like a uh, comprehensive digital marketing training. Um, I left, I used to manage SEO, PayPal and Airbnb. And two years ago, I left Airbnb, Airbnb to go full-time on ClickMinded. And it's everything I'm, I'm working on now. Yep. Excellent. Okay, so no other side projects, no other websites. So that's the sole focus. The sole focus. I used yeah. to be the guy with 150 domains in my web hosting account. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I'm sure you are, and I'm sure many of your listeners are. Uh, but yeah, I it was this um, it was this moment in time, and and I I. I Likely will be one day. I'm actually. It's actually been really interesting listening to to your show and to Empire Flippers and a f- couple of other guys as well. Um, just I I just love the space. I love um, how much people are um, talking about this stuff. I'm, I'm genuinely interested in it. And yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if as we grow quick-minded and maybe pivoted to the next phase that we start to get into some of this buying and selling um, sites as well. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah. The hardest thing, uh, as um, you you may agree, is, is link building and, and the fact that you've worked with these huge companies and uh, you know, you've created training and detailed SOPs and it'd be great to talk about that. Uh, I'm sure that this is something that you are incredibly strong at and have the the entire process completely down so you would have the ability to to build sites and and scale them very quickly in order to flip so i i definitely have done far too much in the past and i'm just trying to get down to 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 only flipping websites now as the sole domain that i work on i'm not going to be blogging on any other any other site my personal blog or anything like that uh, everything that I'm going to be doing is going to be within this this one name, one domain now going forward. So that's been pretty big for me. Uh, I've been going at a similar amount of time to to you, but I've yeah I've ended up with stupid domains that I've owned, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and I've got a personal small portfolio that I'm, I'm building up to sell still. But yes, in terms of branding, like everything that I'm going to be doing, anything public is going to be through through the one domain as well. So there's there's a big advantage of that. But uh, yeah, I'm sure you see opportunities everywhere and you've got the skill set to, to capitalize. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, too. I, you know, my um, my sort of sort of whole story, I started my, you know, like a lot of us read for our work week, got into the game and uh, I started a business with a friend of mine that failed miserably. Uh, it, it didn't go well. I put myself into a lot of debt. And then once I came back and got the corporate job, I was working at PayPal and trying to pay off this this debt and that's sort of how ClickMinded was born. I was like trying to you know, pay off this debt I had yeah. incurred for myself. But similar to the kind of mindset you were just talking about with your own brand, I, I and I and I love talking with friends about this because there's a there's just a really easy uh, test you could do for yourself on whether or not you have entrepreneurial ADD. And I think it's the number of unused domains you have in your web hosting account. <laughs> I think that's the that's the metric. Yeah, <clears throat> and. And I was one of these guys who I tried so many different things, right? Like so many different projects. Some of them would last a week. Some of them would last six months. Um, but it's this weird combination because ClickMinder was the one that, that worked. It ended up being like idea number 15. Um, but it was this weird combination of two things. One is like it, it would not have worked if I hadn't dropped everything else. I really needed to drop everything else. And once I did, it started to grow and you know, by by the third year, it started to replace my salary at at Airbnb, which was cool. But with that said, I would never have found ClickMinded if I didn't have that entrepreneurial ADD. If I wasn't buying those domains all the time, right? Like I I needed to go through that messy 
neurotic process to, to get there, you know? So yeah. I don't, I don't think it's an either or sort of situation. Like you do need to be a little weird and sort of exploring around the fringes and being a little bit, a little bit in like pie on a frontier to a degree in order to, to make it work. So I don't know what the right balance is, but uh, my broad advice would be like embrace the ADD, but once you find a winner, just just hammer it. You know what yeah, I mean? I I agree. What channels are, are working for you right now? What's the the biggest couple of 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 channels driving traffic to to your courses? Yeah, so SEO of course has always been um, our main thing. Um, we've done a test with YouTube and specifically YouTube SEO over the last year. Um, but we have really pivoted. We actually dropped a lot. You know, I've been an SEO guy for a long time, but we we uh, stopped focusing on it for a while to really fix the the kind of our core business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we spent basically a year and a half working on the bottom funnel um, because we had the email lists, we had um, enough traffic, we had um, a lot going on, and we 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 spent most of our time kind of not focusing on top of funnel traffic and. Um, fixing bottom funnel and we'll be switching back over to top of funnel again soon because we're, we're really dialed in now. But it's funny, like, yeah, my starts were in SEO, but for the almost the last two years, I've been focusing yeah. mostly on email marketing, content media, like, uh, like webinars and, and, and things like that. Trying to do podcasts now, right. That's kind of meta mentioning that now, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, email marketing, um, and, uh, a, a yeah. lot of automations, right? Using user, moving users through the flow. So we just we had yeah. the traffic, and then we started to to focus on converting it. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, I I can see that. And uh, are you using Drip for the emails? We are. Yep. Yeah. So our whole our whole business is is basically built on Drip. Yeah. Um, we gotten a lot of mileage out of it. Unfortunately, this year they've had a lot of technical fumbles. Yeah. Um, I imagine been looking, really- I've been with Drip a long time, like twenty. 14 i think uh well but that's uh, I, that's not a huge amount of time but i think they yeah. uh, i can't remember when they started but not too i, I think within the first year i, I signed up uh, i'm actually wow. moving over to a different platform now um called gist i think that's how you pronounce it um yeah i like saw that you mentioned that yeah. Yeah, and and Elementor as well, right? Is that oh, you saw that do? in the DC, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just trying actually to... replied I replied to your message oh, I on that. I said uh, I said I yeah. said following I'm following because I want <laughs> I just want any excuse to leave Drip right now. <laughs> yeah. Like it's uh you know, I was a huge fan of Rob Walling and love the fact the lead pages with Clay Collins bought them. I was a massive Clay fan and I was a lead pages early customer. And so lead pages and drip together was was great, it was really exciting. And they've both moved on, uh, both had exits and both moved on. And lead pages never really, it didn't develop, it didn't move forward. And I've maintained the subscription because just out of legacy and a little bit of laziness, not wanting to move off the landing pages. But mm, now with Drip, right. you know, Drip's focused on e-commerce, which I've, I thought was a bit of a strange pivot which kind of makes sense, uh, more sense for, for you with your own products. But still, it's, uh, you probably wouldn't, do you, you wouldn't view what you're doing as e-commerce, right? It's, it's, it's no, no. So, yeah. And we're in, we're in the same boat as you. It's, yeah. I understand from a business perspective why they're doing it, but it's not helpful to us at all. No. And then the pricing's jumped up and, um, and so I, I'm definitely not a fit. And, uh, so 
because I've been through some of your funnels and they're definitely excellent. And I'm on the, um, I just had a look on, on the, your recent blog post, the SEO checklist one. And then it says, get the, uh, get the checklist, a little, um, like content upgrade. And then my email is already there. Are you able to do that within drip or is that an add on? Uh, is that, uh, yes. <clears throat> so that one is actually, that's actually right message. That's it. That's um, what I was trying to, they, yeah, Brendan. Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. Brendan yeah, Dunn. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That makes sense. Yeah, I was wondering whether you're using that. Yeah, you're like your funnel is super advanced, and that makes total sense. Like you've, like I had a look in Ahrefs, uh, your traffic. Obviously, this is what guys like us do. Um, and, <laughs> you know, like you've, um, you, you've capped out all, all the, all the great obvious stuff that will, will work for you. And it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to, to go after more and more. Keep like, you know, less volume keywords or less relevant keywords until the funnel is completely nailed. Like you're gonna have a far better system and make a lot more money by better converting. And so that makes total sense. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's cool. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's really cool to talk to you about this because some people just want to talk super high level and you're like, all right, I got your site pulled up. I'm going <laughs> to dig it in. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is really fun. Yeah. We, um, and it's interesting for me because it's not, you know, my background wasn't bottom funnel, but me and my now co-founder, he was just adamant that we, that we focus on this. And he was, 100% right. Like as we took our focus off of of traffic and traffic started to to decay a little bit, um sales went through the roof because we were focusing on funnel and so and then we'll make a natural pivot to traffic again in soon. But, uh it's it's really worked for us. Yeah, exactly. It's very impressive. I mean, you got like 150 pages in the Google index which which is a relatively small amount for the for the revenue that you're driving. I did a similar strategy. I, I did a I, I built and sold a a content site you would call it, it was affiliate, but it had 10 pages um, and, and a very small, it only had about 5,000 uh, visits a month, but it, it, it was enough to, to, to turn it into a six figure asset uh, purely from, from funnels. <laughs> and it was, that's, it was a site about incredible. funnels as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, which is again, a bit meta as well, but uh, yeah, like I, I, I totally get it. And then, you, you know you can open up again with with the blog content and you know if if content marketing is the strategy is the channel that you want to double down on you know you'll you'll get you know you'll add hundreds more pages because you you know the funnel will work but uh right yeah it'd be good to talk to you more about kind of partnerships that you're making as well and i've heard you on other podcasts and it's very i heard you on a recent empire uh tropical mba one where you were talking about universities so we'd like to like to get to that because i've got very similar opinions um, but yeah, mate, if we can go back to, uh, if you don't mind talking about the, the Airbnb days, cause I, I'd be very interested how you, how you structured and set up your SEO team. You, you got to 12 people that were working with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Airbnb days, sure. Happy to talk about that. The, um, so I think the big thing to, to think about and just the forewarning and the caveat here, enterprise SEO is extremely boring. <laughs> and <laughs> it's also it's also, to be frank, it probably has much fewer takeaways for you and for this audience and for me and my business now than than you'd imagine. Okay. Um it's much more like uh it's it's much more around really boring stuff around like corporate navigation right i mean the 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 majority of what i do of what i was doing was things like putting together presentations to let executives know why we shouldn't no index all the pages right <laughs> like like it's a big i think the big i've said this uh, before to yeah. other friends the biggest example of what enterprise seo is the big the big tell is that google has an seo team 
if you think about that for a minute, like that's, and I, and I've actually met them. We've, we've had lunch, but the, that's what enterprise SEO is. It's a lot of Google does not need an SEO team, but or sorry, Google does not need a bunch of people focused on, you know, generating content and links and stuff to a lot of these pages. They need someone to facilitate that all these product managers and data scientists and designers aren't stepping on each other's toes and understand basic concepts around logged in, logged out and page speed and, uh, and these, you know, duplicate content and, and, and these kinds of things. So, um, yes, you know, at one point Airbnb was just me and then the team was eventually 12, some mo- a big chunk of them full-time and some of them part-time. Mm-hmm. But the, the kind of stuff that we were doing was not, really in the same wheelhouse as kind of small to medium sized sites. So the 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 problem we had at Airbnb was was extremely comprehensive, right? Airbnb one of the 200, top 250 sites in the world in terms of traffic, um 55 different top level domains, 20 different languages, and then the nature of what we were doing was much more an engineering challenge rather than anything. So a lot of people say like, "Oh, I've seen a bunch of Airbnb's content marketing. Like I've seen some some stuff you guys did that was at the SEO team." The SEO team did almost no content marketing. All of our content marketing was usually from our brand team who's doing like the they're the guys who like, you know, buy the Super Bowl commercials and like the 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 billboards on the on the buses <laughs> and things like that, right? Yeah. Um the nature of what we were doing is basically the engineering around the web application, right? So if you go to Airbnb, you search for a location, there's a lot of engineering and design going on behind the scenes. And it's our job to essentially make that web application more crawlable, right? Um, So it's things like internal linking, right? It's things like reducing page speed. It's things like um, you know, making sure Googlebot requests are 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 working, or which subdomains do we want to index, or 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 things like that, right? So, um, you know, the nature of what we were doing was very messy at first, but towards the end, we ended up really um, hitting our stride because of Pinterest. So, um, funny enough, Pinterest is was really led the way on this. They're really good. Uh, Pinterest engineering team they po- they created an experiment framework for how they run SEO experiments. They published it on their engineering blog and we were, um, they were right down the street. They were literally a block from us down in San Francisco. So we invited them over and had to lunch, have lunch and hang out. And they really helped us build um, our experiment framework at Airbnb. This would have been like maybe 2014. Um, and then we, we ended up, the data scientists that, that, that built it all on the team ended up writing a, a post on it as well. So we kind of, a few years after Pinterest, we published our, basically how we do ours as well. But, mm-hmm. and it was cool too. Cause like, you know, at Pinterest and Airbnb, all of the recruiters at Pinterest were poaching Airbnb engineers. The Airbnb recruiters were poaching Pinterest engineers. Like people were like dating each other in the offices. We were friends. Right. So it's like, it was, <laughs> it's <was> just funny <laughs> to, to work with them. But, um, yeah. I mean, Pinterest, Pinterest SEO problem is insane. They're literally trying to rank for anything you could ever have an image of ever. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, a massive um, user-generated content sort of engineering challenge, and we did the same thing at Airbnb. So, just to give you the context of the of these challenges, right? At PayPal, it was a very finite number of keywords we were potentially trying to rank for. Mm-hmm. Send money, send money online, accept credit cards, right? Uh, payment processing is, and then and then all the language variations. So, like the total number, the total universe of URLs we could potentially rank at PayPal is probably in like fifty to hundred different URLs. At Airbnb, the, the, the theoretical maximum was probably in the 10 million range. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, because you think about just as some examples. Okay, an easy one is I'm an American typing Miami uh, vacation rental Miami into Google.com in English. That's easy, right? Then there's geographic variation. So there's non-cities like Lake Tahoe or Nevada, right, or or some type of uh, mountain, right. Then there's you know 20 different languages. Okay. Then there's descriptive based accommodation type. So there's there's villas, right? There's bed and breakfast and all that. But then there's family-friendly apartments and pet-friendly houses and, uh, right, like uh, t- cabins with a hot tub, right? And all these variations in all these languages. So that you could have a Hungarian in the Czech Republic searching in French for a bed and breakfast in Italy, right? <laughs> like, And so all these different permutations sort of added up. And so we just had this massive possibility of of potential keywords and you can't like when you have that when the problem is that big uh there's other language problems too japanese there's four alphabets hiragana katakana right ramaji like so like um when the problem is that big you can't sit down and be like okay let's write a blog post on the seven most family-friendly vacation <laughs> rentals in san diego right it just doesn't like it doesn't move the needle needle yeah, enough yeah, you know yeah. so so we ended up creating this experiment framework similar to pinterest where we have 55 different top level domains 10 million possible urls and we would make engineering changes and we could do that because we had so many URLs. So we would come up with a hypothesis, like, okay, we want to add three internal links to the footer, or we want to add a, a view more mouse over box that has content that's crawlable and not, you know, in a hidden div or something like that. Like we would have a, have a hypothesis. We would roll out that change to 20,000 URLs. We would measure the incremental lift or drop in traffic to that um, that treatment group. And then wh- if it worked, we would roll it out to all sites everywhere. So it like it you, you need so many different things to to even want to be able to do that. You need a site with a massive number of URLs and traffic. You need a team that can run statistically significant experiments and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's not that helpful <laughs> to a lot of people <laughs> listening because yeah. their sites just aren't going to be that big, you know. But it ended up being more of an engineering and experiment sort of team uh, over over anything else. And so, I mean, so the, the you know, there the wasn't outreach roles. The, 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 it was all pretty much technical SEO. What, what kind of some of the job titles? Was it all pretty pretty similar? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, we would, we only had two SEO specialists, me and um, the the guy I'd hired, and then everyone else was an engineer, data scientist, wow, or, okay. or or designer. Yeah, yeah, only two SEO specialists. Yeah, were you ever trying to reduce the number of URLs in the, in the Google index? Were you hitting up against uh, crawl rates and? Um, uh, like the, your, your actual um, crawl budget, w- was that a thing that you had to manage or was Google happy to continue indexing, uh, you know, exponentially <laughs> greater number of pages? Great question. And this was one of the first really successful experiments um, that I had run was, and this is, this is getting more common knowledge now that you have reduce your pages. Um, but in 2014, 2015, this, this wasn't as intuitive. Um, I mean, maybe after, uh, um, which one was it? The doorway pages update. More people were talking about that. But um, but yeah, we, we saw a massive lift in killing pages. Um, yeah. and, and I was focusing on, I was watching Googlebot requests every day because we were in the, um, you know, five to 10 million requests per day sort of category. And so like when you can optimize that even a little bit, you start to see serious lifts. Um, the other thing too, uh, just to go back to like corporate navigation, the, the annoyingness of big 
big companies, and this has nothing to do with Airbnb. Airbnb de- dealt with turning into a massive corporation, probably the best that they ever could have, but this is another problem. We have um, SREs, site reliability engineers, basically the um, the the like quant like geniuses who make sure we don't get DDoS and are like dealing with all of the all the server stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have goals around, you know, make sure the site doesn't go down. And so all the time they would rate limit requests. And so there was a number of times where they would start blocking Googlebot. And we would be like, hey, guys, um, <laughs> quick question. Can we not block Googlebot? And we, we had to do all kinds. And, you know, they have certain goals and their goal is not SEO. They don't care at all. And so this is like the big company stuff is it's their job to make sure the site has 99.9% uptime. It's our job to make sure Googlebot gets every page that it wants. Yeah. And you have to, like, have meetings about it is basically the, the long story short okay, that's, is, that's is how that works. Right? That's, that's yeah. cool. That's awesome. What are you focused on with ClickMinder at the moment? So you're, you're nailing the funnel. Are you then going to increase the number of, of courses? Um, I'd like to hear the, the rationale for the SOP library that uh, I kindly got access to through, uh, through a, uh, what was it? The, um, the this Tropical MBA survey. Uh, I, I won a competition. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've had access to the SOP library. So yeah, interested, yeah, inter- if, if we can talk about uh, your thoughts on courses and where things are going and then how the SOP library fits in. And then maybe we can, we can talk about um, universities. Yeah, sure. So yeah, cl- the way ClickMinded started, as I mentioned, was a offline in-person SEO training course. Um, two years ago when I quit Airbnb to go full-time, the basic idea was like, okay, uh, you know, the next phase of this is going to be like general assembly for digital marketing or these coding engineering boot camps for, for digital marketing, right? So, um, no one is adequately training up digital marketers. People are self-taught or watching for YouTube videos, mm-hmm. or the universities are attempting to do this with hundred thousand dollar degrees, which we can talk about later. Which is yeah. absolutely, absolutely gross. Are there any universities but, that actually have SEO undergrad or postgrad that you've seen? I haven't seen SEO. No, I've seen, I've seen, yeah. I've seen, yeah, I've seen digital marketing sure. with with maybe an SEO class, and I've also seen yeah. social media as an as a title. Which <laughs> social shows media in you, your degree, yeah. As in a master's degree in social media, there's there's a do, there's a dozen of them. It, it is very telling that any seasoned internet marketer like you immediately laughs when they hear this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it's also telling that it has nothing to do with the viability of the industry. It has it's basically the clickbait version of a degree. Yes. It's how you get it's how you get an idiot twenty two year old to give you a hundred thousand dollars. And so we can talk more about that. Yeah, <laughs> Does yeah. it sound like I have strong <laughs> opinions on this or not? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so um the basic idea was okay, we're gonna pivot to we're gonna increase the total number of courses we offer. And uh, and we we added yes yeah, seven courses and our model is we try and find world class people that do do this stuff every day. So our social media course is taught by the former head of social at Airbnb. The content marketing course is taught by the content strategist from Lyft. And uh, we sort of focus on beginner to intermediates interested in in um, digital marketing, focusing on uh, entrepreneurs, in house marketers, or consultants and agencies, and a lot of people that want to train up teams and entry level employees as well. Um, the SOP library was, and the, kind of the whole pivot of, of, of moving ClickMinded from SEO to digital marketing, a lot of it was in being annoyed with digital marketing media today, right? So I, I won't name any names, but there are a number of well-known sites and blogs that talk about internet marketing. And have you ever read this book, Trust Me, I'm Lying by Ryan Holiday? 
I know Reinhold. Uh, I haven't read that book. No. Yeah, so I, I think it might have been his his first book or one of his earlier books. This book is fascinating, and one of the most fascinating parts about it is that it was written in 2012, and he basically called the world we're in today. The basic premise was he was he calls himself self-described media manipulator. Yeah. He was hired by a friend to promote a movie, and he just documented the whole process of how BS the media is and how easy it was for him to get stories in the media and how he could just all he needed to do was focus on outraging people and everyone <laughs> took the bait. It was basically and he basically called everything. He called Brexit. He called Trump like he called the the click. Yeah, the, man. The, the page click page view economy we're in today. It's, it's crazy. I, I saw um, Trump. Uh, I don't, was it obvious to you? It's always, um, you know, as an outsider, you can. I think you can see things more more clearly. Um, Trump, Trump to me is a Brit. It was very obvious that he was he was going to get in. Um, I should have uh, like Brexit. I called as well. I should start putting money on these things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I read no, the. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't call either one of those. No, uh, I had no idea. <laughs> I read the obstacle is the way. Uh, that was a great book. But I, yeah, trust me, I'm lying. I haven't had, had a look at. It. I'll have to. Yeah, so it's it's a great read, it's, and I honestly think the fact that it's seven years old is even more telling because it just it just shows you how well this guy nailed it. But anyways. The premise is, yeah, the the media and like, you know, everyone talks about the media and how BS it is and fake news and all this stuff now. But he, he really talks about the eco- how the economics are perverse under underlying it and that it doesn't like making you feel bad and getting you to click is the economy of how it works. And that's like that sucks. And this is basically happening now. He talks about it more about mainstream media in the context of 2012. But it's basically happening now in the digital marketing world, and it has for a while. And the basic concept, and this is a roundabout way of talking about the SOP library, which is this product we created, but the basic concept is like there's these digital marketing blogs that are posting about how to increase your Twitter followers mm-hmm. three times a week, right? Like, And they're just like, you know, some of them are posting 10 times a day about the most inane, absurdly unimportant things. And um, it stresses you out. And, and and if you look at the underlying economics, it doesn't all add up, right? I'm, I'm, I've been doing SEO for 10 years. I've managed search engine optimization at two of the biggest sites in the world. And I would go, I'll go on to some of these SEO blogs and digital marketing sites and I'll have a panic attack act, thinking like, you know, I, I'm missing something. Like it's all this anxiety inducing stuff. Like Google Search Console changes one thing about their user interface and, and, and I need to have a heart attack and make sure I read it right away. Like it's just not it's just not very useful. And so it's trending more towards entertainment and a, and, a, and a big waste of time, to be frank. And so we got really annoyed with this stuff. And a lot of these digital marketing blogs just constantly posting stuff to fill your RSS feed and get you to click. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, the SOP library is the exact opposite of that. The basic idea was we want much more evergreen tutorials, walkthroughs, cheat sheets, and checklists that you can use to do actual tactical stuff, right? Some of that's extremely boring, like, you know, how to add the Google Tag Manager to a WordPress site or, you know, how to reduce 99% of errors when you send an email marketing campaign, how to use the new Facebook ad editor to add the Facebook pixel to Shopify. You know, like, uh, Mm -hmm. very specific, boring stuff. You probably wouldn't read it on the bus, 
it's probably not going to generate as many page views for us. Yeah. But like when when you need it, it's extremely useful, and you'll share it with your team. And it's and it's just um you just you always end up with a thing at the end of reading it. You always end up with some type of action yeah. or benefit at the end. So it's just it's a it's a smaller pond to play in. Less people are going to be interacting with it, but the people that do interact with it, they get a lot more value out of it. And so that was the idea around it. Do you think SOP libraries? packages could replace courses do you think they could compete with them or do you think there's always a need for training and uh, uh and kind of deep understanding or do you think uh breaking everything down into individual processes could actually replace that because then you, you can just plug anyone into it and and it gets done yeah it's interesting i mean i guess we haven't really viewed them as as too different like they're all sort of tutorials. Sometimes it's a high-level video tutorial. Sometimes it's an in-the-weeds text tutorial, right? So we kind of view it as a course in some sense. You know okay. what I mean? But, yeah. but in that in that context, yeah, you're right. That's, um, you know, I I think understanding the why is not really as easy to cover with these SOPs. Like you don't know why it's better to add Google Tag Manager and put all your tracking in there as opposed to adding every tag individually, right? And so yeah. maybe video is a little bit more helpful as, as just kind of one example. Yeah. Very cool. What is, I, I, this is the first time I've seen it, just Googling. Uh, I just, I've come across Google Digital Garage. What are your, your thoughts on this? Google Dig- Digital Garage, you mean like the, is that one of the courses that they're doing i know they've rebranded it a couple yeah, times yeah it's now learndigital.withgoogle.com uh, ah yeah 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 yeah, yeah. range of course they got intro to seo it's like five looks like five video it looks like about 20 minutes worth of video um yeah yeah but yeah they've got a whole range of these online courses now i've had a look in hrefs and there's it, there's very little there's no large traffic that they're going for i'm not sure what their motivation is for this but um it looks as if, and I wanted to ask uh, how this works. This is pretty cool. Like you, you get a certificate and you can upload it into into LinkedIn because you guys offer that. How does that work? You, do you just upload like a, a graphic or a PDF or is there like some connection to, to LinkedIn after you get the qualification? Yeah, so I, I got a lot of strong thoughts about certification. So first <laughs> of all, certifications are mostly BS. Uh, yeah. And I'm very aware of this. And we're very open about this as well. We're, we're ranking pretty high for SEO certification. And on the landing page, we just straight up say, you do not need this. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> The best people in the industry don't have this. You don't need this. But what we found in the early days, I got very mad when I first was starting on ClickMine. We had a number of users. I was competing directly with the University of San Francisco. And, and you know, my course at the time was a few hundred dollars. And, and the University of San Francisco had a course. It was like seven or $8,000. And we had a number of users that I, I ended up going with the University of San Francisco because they had a certification. And it's just like... So frustrating because he was taught by some, you know, someone I never, never heard of. He was like wearing a suit under a, under a really bright light and sweating throughout the whole course. It's like a very strange sort of sort of <laughs> thing. And having hired people at PayPal and Airbnb, you'll be the first one to tell you that even in the corporate world, no one really looks at these digital marketing certifications. They don't no. mean anything, right? They're completely pointless. And so for a long time, we were anti-certification. And to a degree, we still are. We we still know that they really are not good indicators of anything. But the way our certifications work is we say we have a number of uh, small to medium-sized businesses and corporations where they won't reimburse their employees unless they get like some type of certificate of completion. 
Um, and so that was sort of one, it was sort of a value add there. Like some employers don't want to pay for their staff to do it unless they know they did it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an easy one. We've also found people just like it, like, especially like younger people kind of just graduating universities. they like to pad their resume a little bit and they like to do it. So, but we're very open about it. We say, look, you take the course. We have a, we have questions at the end of every lecture. Um, we have a final exam. You can take it unlimited times. And if you get an 80% or higher, um, we, uh, you, you earn a certification. We use Accredible, which is a third-party certificate platform, ah, and uh, cool. they have, yeah, they have an API integration with LinkedIn. That's good. We have yeah. about we have about a thousand a thousand people that have added our certifications to to LinkedIn. So, um, it's cool, but we are very open about the fact that it doesn't really mean anything. It's really more about helping helping our users um, make sure they're the staff that they're picking up the courses for are completing it and entry-level employees that don't have a ton to show yet for what they're doing that they, they kind of want something on there as like a conversation starter in their in their interviews yeah very interesting that makes total sense I wasn't aware that Google did any of this the only one I was aware of was for ad AdWords which I did back in the day just for the hell of it um, I've never yeah. been great at AdWords I didn't know there was anything for SEO that they were doing um, but it's all very, yeah. very strange and very hidden. They're not even ranking for anything. Uh, obviously, you guys are top for, for SEO certification. I'm not sure why they're doing this, but um, and, and it looks quite, pretty, that, pretty uh, weak. <laughs> it's um, pretty. That's really. It it shows you how BS uh, SEO certification is. If we're ranking above Google for SEO certification, I mean, right? Know, Google's, <laughs> Google's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, funny. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Google actually rebranded and changed the naming of the stuff a lot. I think a lot of it ends up just being kind of top of funnel funneling into, you know, learn Google Analytics, become a specialist, learn AdWords, like set up an agency that, that pushes more yeah, AdWords. Exactly. Like, become so. a partner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and at, at the end of the day, uh, it's really interesting, too. I remember I don't know if you know. um Jeff Sauer uh, from Jefflytics. He's also a DCer. Yeah, I know. I I, I know about his training, right? His, his course. Or yeah, his service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His he's got a course as well. Yeah. And I was speaking to him. We actually we're good buddies, and we talk all the time. And he he kind of started his analytics course at very similar time that I did, and we met in San Francisco a long time ago. And I remember thinking this exact same thing. He was launching an analytics course. And I said, Google Analytics already has an analytics academy. Yep. Aren't you aren't you worried about this? And he said not at all and listed off a number of reasons. But the, like the basic idea is when you're the company and you're tr- doing training on your own product, <laughs> yes, you're going to have like a bunch of advantages. But um, you, you have some inherent disadvantages in that you can't like you're not a user who's out in the real world and can also use a number of third party tools and also has to pay the bills. And like you, you just, your perspective is different than yeah. what the corporate Google perspective is going to be. Right. And he was so right about that. Right. We compete with, um, all the, all the way from hundred thousand dollar degrees down to free YouTube videos. We compete with everyone. And, uh, there's always kind of an angle you can take, even if, even if Google gets into the game, you know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it, it's, it's genuine. It's legitimate. You know, you, you are, um, you're teaching out of genuine experience of what works and not just what Google is saying uh, or what, you know, Google is laying down the rules. You, you actually know what is, uh, what is working, what is uh, listening to other podcasts, you know, your revenue is, is incredibly impressive and, and you're going from strength to strength. Um, so yeah, are you doing a number of like direct partnerships with um, what's the strategy going, going forward? Like how do you, how do you 10 X? Because, the competing with what the universities offer 
and, and charge ridiculous sums of money for looks like the, the the biggest win. Is is uh is that the strategy? Is is the strategy to try and get the uh, a segment of people that would t- otherwise get into debt and go to university for, for these courses? Is that where you you're going to be focused or? Uh, what's the strategy for for 10xing? Is it partnerships more than it is you know paid ads and and more content? What's where's your head at for for the next few years? Yeah, it's interesting because I don't um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we are yeah the the university stuff is becoming more and more like we've tried three different times to tackle this and we failed every time. And, um, I don't, I can't figure out if it's the next right business move or it's just something personally annoyed by (laughs) and like (laughs) passionate about to go, to go after, like to go try and beat those guys up. But, um, yeah, the next phase of the business we are, um, you know, we're really interested in we're we're probably not going to expand our courses anytime soon we want to um just continue to improve them and 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 sort of we're really dialed into bottom funnel and we're probably going to start moving up to middle and top funnel next and so trying playing around with a bunch of different stuff there um is probably the next the next focus it's been really weird for me because i've always been a top of funnel guy and just having spent like the, the last like year and a half on this stuff it's 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 cool and fun to go back and pivot back to the top of funnel um yeah and yeah it's also interesting too i mean we're just we're small it's a small team and i'm i'm a big believer in this idea of really dropping everything to focus on one thing and uh i just i'm not good anymore at 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 doing multiple things at once i can't i can't i can't spin a bunch of of different plates all at the same time i have to focus on one one thing and so yeah it'll probably be um a mix of content things like yeah we're doing now podcasts and webinar Mm -hmm. appearances and things like that we've done a number of jv webinars as well and uh um so it'll be kind of those like top of funnel focused higher level deals where you know we we can leverage our email list to do partnerships with big people we just finished a partnership with hubspot we've did done partnerships with convertkit and active campaign yeah. and some, some some of these bigger guys so it's been a lot of fun and it's it's starting to work which is great that's cool uh is that typically a revenue share or some other uh way of of um of uh, you know, both both getting value, or is it, it like an AppSumo kind of deal, or um, <laughs> how, how, yeah. that, how is that structured? Yeah, and we and actually we're we're launching an AppSumo deal uh, just this week, which will be great. Uh, cool. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it really depends on the partner, and we're up for a lot of things, and 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 it comes down to which is funny enough having really figured out our bottom funnel. I mean, we it's it's fascinating to me. And this is all my co-founder. I was always the top of funnel guy and he was basically like, "Hey, can we stop being idiots and figure this out?" And so when you uh <laughs> when you figure out your bottom funnel, when you figure out your customer lifetime values, when you figure out what the value per lead is, like when you can put a dollar amount on what an email address acquired is, mm-hmm. it is crazy what you can do. Um, and, and it's so much less haphazard than we were in the past, but yeah. So once we have all these things dialed in and we know the kind of webinars we are good at and we, we, our model is every webinar is 95% value for the users, ton of value, ton of cheat sheets, ton of checklists. And then by the way, Hey, if you do want to sign up, you can do it um, within the next 24 hours at a discount and it really works. And, um, the model though, it's different based on the provider. So everyone wants something different. Some people, 
for example, with ConvertKit, we got onto a ConvertKit webinar. We provided a ton of value for them. And then the call to action was for them. The call to action was, hey, sign up for ConvertKit. And then we shared the email list. So we they, we, gave, yeah. we got a bunch of their leads. Yeah. With other ones, it's been like, like we did one with SEMrush recently. And they're basically like, I think what basically happened there is they say, okay, we need to do more webinars for branding. We don't want any calls to action on it. We're just going to bring out a bunch of experts, do a roundtable, and then all, and then give everyone the leads. So you just come on, value, 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 and also get the leads. Um, with other ones, like it's been, yeah, uh, affiliate deals. We've disclosed we have an affiliate deal. It's like a 50-50 revenue share. That's totally cool too. So it just depends on who they are. But the basic idea is it's gotten very much to the, the rich get richer sort of thing. Like as our email list is grown beyond 50,000. We, we, it's kind of like a sledgehammer that we can use and it's really dialed in. We, we trim it a lot and, um, it's very active and engaged. We remove all the bots and stuff like that. And so like, it's this, it's this asset that we have where we can, <clears throat> when we go to someone like ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign or SEMrush and we say, Hey, we have 50,000 super engaged digital marketers. They start to listen. Right. So it's just become a, yeah. a, a really helpful tool. Yeah. I, uh, I sold my email list with that funnel business. I, I got to about, 15, 20,000 emails, uh, pruned down. It was, it was under 10, but, uh, I do miss that. I miss the power of that. I was doing JV, uh, uh, webinars with lead pages and, and did one with drip. And, um, you do have some clout with that. <laughs> I do, I do miss that because that's, that's not an additional asset that's valued with the, with the business is, you know, the value of the, of the deal was just purely on the revenue that it, that it generates. But, uh, yeah, I do miss having a, a decent email list. Um, I've just done some Googling. Like, there's a university. I live in a place called Norwich, east coast of England, and it's an hour from Cambridge. And there's a university called Anglia Ruskin University. And I'll, I'll just drop this in, into Skype. And, uh, they're doing this digital marketing BSc, um, Bachelor of Science undergraduate, three year degree. Uh, it's 5,000 pounds a year, which is way more reasonable. Like, the limit is 9,000. So at least it's not 9,000 a year. That's like 14,000, 15,000 pounds. Twenty thousand dollars, maybe. Although with the mm-hmm. with the pound going down, it's probably about fifteen thousand dollars. And and this just looks a complete waste of time. Like like what we're saying. Right. I mean, fifteen thousand people are going to be paying fifteen thousand pounds for this education, where the modules are. The first one is understanding work based learning. I mean, what the f is that? <laughs> and so, I mean, what's that? That's like five hundred pounds. That's five hundred pounds gone. I mean, yeah. like this this yeah, is a joke. Yeah. This doesn't this doesn't equip you for anything and that's just googling oh, one right. one course an hour away from me uh right so, and, yeah. and the biggest one there i think the biggest culprit there three years i know three years hilarious <laughs> the opportunity three. cost of yeah. that i mean imagine flying to thailand watching youtube videos for two months and launching an adsense site instead how much more you'd learn i mean come on i know I don't, I don't understand why people are, are paying for degrees like this. Not just like this, but just any non-scientific degree where you have everything for free. When I went to university, Wikipedia wasn't around. <laughs> right. You, know, you have right. Wikipedia. I mean, like, there's this e- is, everything. And this is, this, is the, this is the moment in time where um, it, 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 I'm fully convinced that this will all come crashing down. And in the digital marketing, it's easy to point to this in the digital marketing world because we we play in this space and we we know. I'm, I'm very curious to start exploring more about other fields where there's other experts that also agree and conclude that there's garbage curriculum being peddled for way more than it should be. But I think the bigger nature on this, and it's and it's more meta and like less to do with digital marketing, the, the, the bigger problem here, especially in the U.S., 
it's just this bizarre social pat on the back that we all give to learning more, right? Grandma and grandpa are always going to be okay with you going to get more school. But the way everything has been structured now is designed for the older generation to bankrupt the younger generation. And it's not just universities. It's not just here's the tuition payment. It's the mortgage lenders. It's the apartments on campus, right? It's the textbook companies. I mean, there's massive institutions that are heavily invested in getting you to mortgage your life, right? And and, and the nature of this, I, 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 I taught, I'm probably so angry about this because I taught an elective at a grad school in San Francisco. <laughs> and I saw firsthand, I mean, I have to admit, I basically taught the content, you know, our, our, my class at the time was a $500 course. And that content, I basically repurposed it and taught it at a university. And every student paid about $11,000 yeah. to take the same content. Right. And and the bigger problem around it is, I think, the reasons why people sign up for these these classes. It's like something's mm. going on in their life. They hate their job. They break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. They want to change. They have like their quarter life crisis yep. or their midlife crisis. And they think like, OK, society's going to pat me on the back if I click this button and do this. Yep. Right. I did and that. The, you did, I did that. A, I did okay. an undergrad undergrad degree. I went into did a year in business. I hated it. I went and did a master's and something completely different, just because I didn't want to work. <laughs> right. And what did, what did you think at, at the end? By the end of it, uh, well, I'm, I'm in the same position again. I'm still like uh, I'm, I'm no more employable. Um, but that was uh, you know at least that at the time you know that was a from my my headspace that was a better use of, of that year. But uh, yeah, completely wrong. Right. Yeah. And to be honest, Richard, I mean, I feel like that's everyone's call. Like they don't know what to do. They think this is good because society says, okay. And then they're in the exact same spot that they were before, you know? Yeah. Well, I've got an idea. I've just been Googling. Uh, So this Anglo Ruskin University, it's just like, uh, I don't know how many universities, maybe there's a couple of hundred in the UK. It's just like any any other, nothing particular. Um, Huge domain rating, as you can imagine. But um, only ranks for 10,000 keywords, 40,000 traffic uh per month and uh like if you have a look at the top keywords like they're all brand keywords right so the actual university names have huge huge amounts of brand angular ruskin is a very minor university it's like a secondary level university um 33,000 searches a month in the uk why don't you use wow. the domain, domain exactly domain rating of click minded and just rank on page one for all the universities and, and take their brand traffic interesting interesting Right, or a review, right? A review of the... Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, a review. Uh, Anglia, don't don't a review go to this university. Ang- a review of the Anglia Ruskin University Digital Marketing BSc. I spent 15,000. <laughs> yeah, you could hire, yeah, interview a student that went through and, and didn't get value. Or just, or just you know, create SEO it. Just SEO page, uh, get to page one. I mean, yeah, having a look at that. There are other sites ranking for their brand name. So, uh, yeah, that's... Um, that might be it's an not idea. A, it, it's that's really a not a bad F, idea, F, isn't it? <laughs> it is. A, it is a very big fu. That's a great. That's a really interesting idea. Maybe we'll have to uh, have to think about that for yeah. sure. <laughs> cool, man. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we could quickly talk about uh, you know what you're seeing as working in the world of SEO today in terms of of relevance to to content site builders. If you want to get into that, um, otherwise, anything else that that you want to mention? Um, it's been a great conversation with you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, one of the, um, I think, like, I'm, and I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this, Richard, because we are, I love, you know, I've had, so my buddies back home aren't 
digital nerds like you and I are. And a lot of them are in more traditional fields. And like they're the guys I went to college with and that I drink beers with when I go back home for the 4th of July and that, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but I love talking to them, you know, as people start to get older in their careers and they're looking at where to invest stuff, you know, I'm starting to push now that a lot of them are looking at like, okay, buying a, buying a rental property or getting a, but getting a second house to, to, to rent out for this kind of income, like kind of more traditional, um, side income sort of things. And I'm starting to push more on them to start to look at digital assets the way you would look at buying a, you know, buying a coffee shop or a rental property or, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And I love um, a lot of the conversations that like, yeah, a lot of the people in our space are having. One thing I'm curious about with you, because we're playing with this now as well, like, do we open up an arm of click-minded that that buys and sells and flips sites and things like that, or or mm. brings them in for for rental income or uh, uh, cash flow because yeah. we have so many of the processes down already. Yes, yeah, exactly. I a lot a lot of my secret sauce though I feel like has been focusing on just one thing, mm-hmm. and so I am I just know that that works, and so I'm a little nervous to spread myself too thin. I'm curious because because you're in the portfolio game, like have you seen um, acceleration in other businesses when you just focus on them? Or are you able to juggle everything all at once? Like, because my, my general advice is stop doing lots of other things and just do one thing really well. But, but I'm curious, like if, if you disagree for you, the, the way that I'd answer it is what is the ROI that you're getting from, uh, investing into click minded from, from paid acquisition or, or any other investments that you're making? Because, uh, you know, if, it's it's possible that you you know if you're buying a content site at a 30x multiple, which is getting somewhat rarer now. The multiples are going up above 30x, but that's a 40% return. Uh, you know, uh, cash on cash return per per year. I I would imagine that with your funnels, maybe you, you could you're already generating a higher return than that. I, I don't know, but I, I would consider it that way. If if you're already able to to get a 50% return on 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 reinvesting cash flow or or you know new partnerships or, or new marketing or, or new growth that you're doing I, I would think it's likely that you could get equivalent or even better returns just solely doing what you're doing and not think about you know adding a flipping side to to what you're doing that's that's that would be my uh my initial response interesting thank you for telling me that because I, <laughs> I really didn't want you to give me a really educated good reason why I should go buy 50 different sites and start yeah. going to that. <laughs> I love that. Where's the best place for people to reach out to you? Yeah, uh, on Twitter I'm at Tommy Griffith. Uh, our site is clickminded.com and we just launched some free uh, digital marketing and SEO strategy guides that are designed like these retro 8-bit Guide. So, like, if you ever played Nintendo oh, or wow. Super Nintendo, yeah, if you, if you ever played Nintendo or Super Nintendo in the 90s, they're kind of mm-hmm. designed like that 8 bit style. So, those are free <laughs> at click, clickminded.com. Oh, that's cool, man. Uh, oh, I love it. Is this recent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just launched those um, a, a little bit ago. Very, very cool. All, all targeting individual keywords, I imagine. Yep, 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 each individual channel, yeah. Yeah, you're not going for nested URLs? You're not going for uh, pages off pages? You know, we are playing around a little bit with, um, yeah, in, internal anchors and getting to certain um, certain sections of it potentially ranking, but we're not sure yet. We just kind of wanted to launch it and see what yeah, the feedback yeah. was first. Yeah, well, yeah, I love it. The design is incredible. 
You've even got yeah, Mario cool. within one year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we brought on uh we brought on this really uh badass designer from Venezuela to work on it for a few months and it's yeah. all all custom. We all created it in house, so it's 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 been really fun. When did you launch this? Uh a few months ago. Okay, sweet. Man, you're already ranking nicely for, <laughs> for a lot of the stuff. We're trying. It's the power trying. of that that domain rating. Go after those universities, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just might. I just might. <laughs> all right, thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. Yeah, Richard, this was a ton of fun. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. The URL again is at flippingwebsites.co slash clickminded. Our pipelines for buy side and sell side over at Alpha Investors are really taking off. The model is that we find sites that are not listed elsewhere because we do our own email outreach. And also we have proprietary deal flow from people wanting to sell their sites to us at alphainvestors.com slash sell. And I think a big part of the reason for this is the fact that our model is to charge investors a fee for finding sites, for helping them to get an offer accepted, uh, get the, uh, the legal paperwork done and the transaction done in escrow and handle the migration for them. And because of this, we don't charge sellers a fee. So Selling through us is a pretty attractive proposition. We currently have well over 30 different content sites either currently um, ready for for purchase or uh, going through our different stages in Trello to get to that point. And it's looking like this is only going to increase. I'm I'm two weeks into the the role and I'm blown away by the level of of demand on, on both sides. So if you're looking to acquire a content site, just head to alphainvestors.com slash buy. And if you're wanting a website managed for you, we have two options at alphainvestors.com forward slash operators. Okay, that's enough from me and I'll catch you soon. Cheers. (laughs) 